Sonic Boom, and hello, you found the X. Welcome to episode two of X Button Radio, the weekly podcast where some friends get together to talk all things gaming across all of your favorite platforms. I'm Damon Vitieri, and I'm joined by Danny Morales. What's up, guys? Jeremy Orlando. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. (laughs) And special guest slash possible regular, depending on his schedule... He also happens to be my brother, Dylan Vitieri. What's up, Dill? Hey, hey. Pleasure to be here, guys. Awesome. Now, I want to say um, we all had our little intros last week, and Dylan, we never really got to meet you, per se. And the special thing about Dylan, before I turn it over to you, is that Dylan actually gets a paycheck for making games. He is a tried-and-true, real-deal developer working down in Miami, and uh, so we thought it would be great to have his perspective as the three of us are just kind of, you know, just just gamers and, and hobbyists, and, and he's actually a professional who gets a paycheck for it. So, uh, Dill, just kind of, you know, give us a little bit of uh, background, tell us a little bit about what you do and, you know, your games that you like, things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, this is my first podcast ever, so uh, what better than a video game podca- podcast, right? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, I am actually a, am a producer at Shiver Entertainment down in Miami, and uh, it's it's a great job. I've been there for about uh, seven seven months now, eight months, and it's just it's been a dream come true so far. You know, I uh, grew up an avid gamer my entire life, big Nintendo guy, um, you know, big Dreamcast guy uh, back in the day, and you know, it's just I always just had a, a passion and a love for video games. And, you know, growing up with Damon, you know, we were always gaming together and he was always beating me. So, you know, I got I got pretty good at them back then. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have an older brother that loved games just as much as me. So <laughs> it's awesome to be here and talk about it. And uh, especially to uh, to finally, you know, have that dream job. So that's uh, great. It's phenomenal. Yeah, that, uh, that's awesome, dude. Now, if, if for, for those who don't know much about Shiver, what are some of the games that they've done uh, you know, in the past? Yeah, um, so we've worked on uh, Scribblenauts, uh, Showdown, and Megapack, and we work on uh, Mortal Kombat 11 for the Switch. Oh, wow. um, so, yep, that's uh, currently what we're doing. We have uh, other things in the work works as well, and uh, super excited about that, um, especially being, you know, my first project that I'm involved in. It's 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 really great. It's coming along nice, and uh, be able to uh, share something hopefully soon enough, sooner than later, you know? Well, maybe, and maybe when when NDAs lift and everything, we could be the first to get an exclusive. We can get the scoop on uh, whatever it is that you are working on down there. <laughs> Sounds good. The scoop. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, cool. Well, you know, I wanted to just ask you one other question, Bill, before we get into the show. You know, you always hear people when they, especially other podcasts and, when, you know, people who aren't developers, they're always like, oh, just port this over to this system and port that over. Just drag and drop. It's so easy. Yeah. You guys work on Mortal Kombat 11 for the Switch. Tell us how easy it is to just drag and drop a game like that over to... Uh, no, it's, it's just, you actually got to drag three things and then drop, so... <laughs> it's it's a little bit more than just drag and drop. You got to drag, select, drag and drop. Uh, no, but joking aside, uh, 
No, it's 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 a lot of work. I mean, these uh, you know these artists that are that are downrezzing it, they're they're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, just taking uh, you know the, the switch. It's it's a tough system to work with because you know the performance is not as powerful, obviously, as you know Xbox or PlayStation. So you get these beautiful Nether Realm environments coming from PlayStation. Um, just the Mortal Kombat crypt alone is just something to just kind of stare at because it's so beautiful. Um, and the hardest part was was taking the beauty of the look and obviously the amazing mechanics and Mortal Kombat-ness of the game, of what is Mortal Kombat, what, is, what it's always been. The gameplay, the most important part. So, essentially, you know, downrezzing, it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's just, you know, kind of just finding, you know, the best ways to, to make sure that performance, it's not hindering the performance. Um, and, you know, just trying to get everything to run at 60 while making it, you know, still look good, but play exactly the same as the other consoles. So... It's uh, it's it's a, uh, it's it's a lot of work for sure. <laughs> and that is a good that is a good uh, uh, foreshadow for what we're going to get into a little bit later on. So that was well done. Are you sure this is your first podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I guess just you know, it's just natural talking about video games. You know, it always is. So it's. Oh, for uh, sure. I mean, it's you know one thing too. I mean, um, you know, uh, aftermath just just released and it's uh you know something that we um you know we've been doing too as well and you know that was something to be you know it was exciting to be there from start to finish because you know i've only been at shiver for eight months now so you know it's it's just really cool you know and growing up you know playing mortal kombat like you know being in the same studio is like you know guys us down resing it's just it's really cool and in the beginning it was like almost being starstruck in a way and then you know after a time it just you know it's like all right get down to business you know yeah for sure for sure uh, Danny, Jeremy, anything you guys want to uh, throw in here before we get going? No, I just um, it's super dope that you design video games. I can't wait to hear what you're you're working on. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe me. I, I would love to love to say it, and it'll be worth the wait. I can tell you that much. So, from from a uh, not leaker or spoiler point of view. What do you feel is the coolest aspect of seeing a video game from the other side of the coin? So mm-hmm. rather than seeing the outside finished product, what do you think of seeing like under the hood? That's actually a really great question because, uh, you know, in the beginning, um, the cool thing is the project that we're working on now. Um, they had in the works when I first started at Shiver. Um, but when I first uh, initially got hired at Shiver, we uh, were working on a different game that we pivoted. And, um, you know, in the beginning, it's, you know, you have so many ideas in your head and it's, it's, you get them down, but you're also working with a team. So it's extremely important. You know, you get guys that don't like some ideas and do, so you just got to compromise. But the coolest part is definitely, you know, um, going through those grueling beginning phases of GDDs and, and, you know, just, just getting the design down for, you know, how your characters and enemies are and gameplay, um, the best part is seeing it, you know, come to life. Like when I really was like, okay, this is, this is really, this is, this is real now is when we started getting in assets that, you know, um, that we spent months, uh, particular me, uh, spent a long time, uh, you know, finding assets for a particular thing. So it, it's cool to, you know, see all that, that work come in and then seeing the game be built from ground up. So that's really cool to actually start seeing things being, you know, implemented into it. Yeah, seeing like the fruits of your labor kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's really re- rewarding, and you know, I'm just really looking forward to, you know, grabbing the game in the end and playing it. I can't wait for that uh, to see what that's going to feel like. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. I, w- 
I do have one more question for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so is there a difference between how collaborative a development process there is at the beginning of the, the game compared to later on? Like, how often do you guys meet, get kind of marching orders, get kind of an idea, and then do you spin off on your own? And then go to town developing something that you're that you're working on, and then come back together. Or is it pretty constantly collaborative? It's it's actually very constantly collaborative. Um, and that's like that's another another interesting thing is you know how we're developing developing a game working during the whole COVID nineteen. You know, like it's and well, I'm and, sure that puts a damper on things. It's 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 really it's a different experience. Um, it's a different experience in 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 itself, and you know, um, a whole conversation because I mean it's. It's totally different because, you know, when you're in the office and you're in the studio, you know, you guys are all together. So if you have something, you're, you're next to people, you're seeing their screens and you're seeing what they're doing. And, sometimes, you know, if you're if you're doing something, um, you kind of get lost in your work and maybe you veer off sometimes. And if a guy next to you sees it and it's like, hey, you know, uh, don't you think this would look cool? And you're like, oh, you know, I see it that way now. I mean, that's the best part opposed to when you're working from home and you got to message them and, you know, it, it kind of takes like double the time. Um, yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but going back to your, to, to your initial question, Jeremy. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely collaborative all the time. And when, when you start in the beginning, you have, of course, an idea of how you want your game to be and you have a vision. Um, and, you know, when you start building it as the months go by, things change. So, you know, things are always constantly changing. Like even now we're, you know, into development and a good, good chunk of it now. And, you know, things are still being tweaked and fixed and it's just, it's a constant collaboration. So, and that's the best part about being with everyone is that, you know, you can kind of, um, you know, get with them before you veer off the tracks too far. If, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's sweet. And, and we're so glad to have your, you know, your perspective on, on a lot of this stuff, because a lot of the things that we talk about, while it's fun to talk about games and plots and theories and all that, I've always found the industry as a whole to be super fascinating, like almost as interesting following the industry and its growth as playing the games. Um, yeah. And I probably if I really sat down and think about it, I probably consume as much media from articles, videos, documentaries, podcasts covering the media side of things as much as I sit down with a controller in my hand. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome to have, you know, your, your brain on the show to kind of give just a little different perspective than maybe what, you know, Jeremy and, and Danny and I would have. So oh, for we're, sure. yeah, <laughs> we're excited to get, to get, get going with that. So guys, Sony has gifted us as we transition into the current events and I won't do the transatlantic accent this, this week. Don't worry. Oh man. <laughs> as, <laughs> Um, as Sony has, uh, has, has thankfully given us yet another topic to cover, um, and this week was the Last of Us Part 2 state of play. So, of course, last week was Ghost of Tsushima. This week was the Last of Us Part 2. Neil Druckmann of uh, Naughty Dog, uh, game director of, of, of Last of Us Part 2 um, and vice president of Naughty Dog, kind of walked everyone through um, a bit of the story. They dropped some of the story, and then I think they, they finished with about eight minutes of gameplay. Now, before we get into it, I will say this. None of us, to my knowledge, have seen any of the spoilers somehow um, no. that uh, that have, have you know, leaked with, with uh, Part 2. So we're definitely fact, not going to talk I, about I that. Kinda, I kind of bailed out towards the end of the new gameplay footage. I, I didn't want to see any of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I was trying not to spoil myself too much on that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, and I'm more talking about the leaks, Jay, that that, that happened where, you know, oh, everybody um, kind of knows the yep. story beats at this point. Um, so we're not, you know, so anything we speculate or talk about is all going to be from coming from a position where we have no idea what, you know, what was what was leaked. So if we hit on something, it was just pure luck and, and, and accidental. Um, so, guys, I mean, what did you think of this thing? I mean, it was pretty, uh, I mean... Gorgeous is an understatement. The Naughty Dog engine is stunning. Um, It's phenomenal. Yeah. So um, what we'll do since since we've got four of us here is I think, you know, we'll kind of go around the horn a little bit and kind of get our initial impressions and what we thought of, of the gameplay and stuff. So Danny, we'll, we'll, we'll start with you. Like, was there anything that stood out to you that impressed you? I mean, what, what were your, what were your overall takeaways from the state of play? Uh, I was impressed that Sony remembered that they made the Vita. That was <laughs> <laughs> that. That was the most surprising. No, I'm just kidding. Um, obviously the visuals are gorgeous. The facial animations are holy crap. I've never seen anything that good, really. Really, no. It's it's so on point. Um, gameplay wise, I do like the tweaks. I do like the add-ons. Um. I wish we could could have seen more of like those partner situations. Like, does the game play pretty different, or is it kind of like um, Bioshock Infinite? You know what I mean, where they just hand out assist or something I got like the, that. I got the feeling that it's very similar to Bioshock Infinite, where uh, it it may be very scripted and 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 situational as as far as how much they help you out. So you don't think it will need your input? Like, I don't. Infinite I don't. I didn't. I didn't get that vibe. Yeah, I didn't either. I kind of feel like the way that the game looks to be, just from what I can tell from the eight minutes that I saw, was it looks like there's, you know, in typical Naughty Dog fashion, there's like arenas almost, where you've got an unlimited amount of ways to try to get through this arena, and if there happens to be an NPC or an ally that's with you... Um, you, maybe you can command them to do things or maybe they'll kind of do their own thing and help out as needed, but let you kind of take the reins throughout most of, you know, most of what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's stealth or whether it's just being brutal and, uh, you know, stealth looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it really does. Like the, the whole, I mean, I love what last of us has always done with just, you know, uh, they, you know, hearing and, and audio between the clickers and, and how all they do is, 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 you know, look for you through, um, through listening and, and their clicks and everything and, and how, you know, you can see, um, the dog trails and the scent trails that you leave behind and everything. I mean, I really like the way that they present all of that. Um, ironically, it felt a lot more like a stealth game than Ghost did, uh, from what <laughs> they showed us, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I kind of, um, I could see right away why they, they chose, even though Last of Us is coming out before Ghost, I could see why they had Last of Us, um, their, that, that presentation second was because, I mean, it was just on another level, another level, everything. Yeah. I mean, Naughty Dog, yeah, their animations are, are, are just incredible. Their, their visuals are incredible, but I think what got me more than anything else, and I know that they've been prepping us for this with the trailers over the last several years, but God, the brutality of oh, this yeah. game. I mean, yeah, you joke around about the Vita, but um, I saw uh, I saw on the internet that uh, 
they basically somebody had said that um, Naughty Dog basically killed the last Vita player, like yeah. <laughs> with a knife through the throat, right? Like, yeah. I mean, just uh, just a, a brutal game where you know Ellie will grab someone and hold them up at gunpoint, um, and then you've got the option to either blow them away there. Or you know, stab, stab him. him three times in the side and let him bleed out. I mean, it's yeah, just a, it's just a really, really brutal game. Like gruesome, yeah. And and you know, the, the sound design is is phenomenal too. I mean, like we were talking about, you know, the way it looks, but you know, the sound is amazing too. Like when when you start out, you just hear the the ambience, and you know, the it's 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 incredible. And then one thing I really like too is you know how they had um with the um crossbow, I, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Um, when she went to shoot it, it sounded like an old creaky wood. And I'm like, that, that kind of thing is just really cool because, you know, it's like you kind of just scrounge together something you found and made something or, or whatever. And I thought that was really cool. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a bow and arrow, but, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely that, that, that sound is, is that's, that's Naughty Dog. I mean, they're so immersive. Um, I also really liked one of the parts where they were down in the they were either down in like an abandoned subway or or tunnel system and everything is just bathed in a red light um that 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 visually really appealed to me too I just really had um I I just loved what I saw um and I was like I cannot wait to be able to walk through these tunnels and you know just between like the flashlights cutting through the red light and how everything is just bathed in that glow um I thought almost, that was real real interesting too. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, so I mean as far as the story it looks like it you know they they said it's picking up a couple of years after the end of part 1. Um so Ellie's obviously a little bit older. I think she's 19 now. She's living on her own. Yeah. Um I mean from what I gather I don't think they're really trying to keep this much of a secret. It seems like her love interest gets something brutal happens to her and she just and Ellie just goes off the deep end. And it sounds like it's a pretty simple um, revenge tale. Yeah. Revengeance. You yeah. Know, vibe as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for her to for her to just kind of, you know, I mean, it goes from. Whatever happened, she's covered in blood, her hands shaking, and then you know it turns into that fist. I mean, that's pretty much all you need to all you need to see. And and if for her to leave the safety of, I think it's Jackson, Wyoming, was yeah, where they said. Yeah. The, yes, sir. Yeah. And she's going to. They said a majority of the game takes place in Seattle, which is uh, which is going to be pretty cool. So she's going to be in some urban urban areas, and uh, you know a lot of in, interiors as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good, I think it's going to be just like the last game. I think it'll be a very good balance of, you know, the clickers, the traditional zombie kind of horror and, um, the brutality of, uh, man and society when, uh, there's, you know, there's really no rules anymore and it's, uh, you know, everybody's left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. Mm. Product of the times, my friend. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see what the open areas are like though. I want to see how they pull that off and how open it is, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious about that as well. I mean, I, I would just love to roam around for like an hour in these environments. Well, they, they did mention something about side missions. Yeah, mm-hmm. side, they didn't say missions. They said side narratives. Side mm-hmm. narratives, yep. Mm-hmm. So that that leads me to believe they might be far more deeper than just, oh, here here's a side quest. You might be able to accidentally stumble on a piece of story that it may just be completely irrelevant to the main story, but, you know, nice little piece in there. 
It'd be cool to stray off and get like better weapons and stuff to like reward you for your exploration. That would be cool too. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's the case. I love the crafting system too, how it's on the fly. She reaches into her backpack and I, I love how she was able to make a silencer and it looks like you can get, you know, it's it's limited use. It's maybe, you know, four or five shots off silence before the bottle breaks, but it looks like you can scavenge and, and uh, you know, grab items that you'll actually be able to use. So you won't want to just pass up, you know, garbage that you find along the side. You can make Molotov cocktails, you can make suppressors, depending on how you want to play the game. And I love that. I love that because it's so tense and it's so immersive. And when you feel like you can outthink the game, um, that's always something that I think I find really rewarding. So yeah. I, I like that they showed the Molotov, the suppressor, um, and also her just fighting, you know, um, straight up. And they said that her, she's a lot faster. So you can be a lot quicker if you want to get into those hand-to-hand um, scenarios which I, I thought that was that was interesting as well because you know maybe you just want to jump in and, and and attack somebody and you know you don't have to constantly feel like you're uh, you're having to hide in the long grass necessarily. Mm. I also like that they said that the uh, the upgrades that you make to the weapon are shown in the game itself. I that was yeah, nice yeah, that crafting table. Yep, yep, I did like that. I like that. What did you guys think of, of, of the factions? You know, the Washington Liberation Front, the, what were they, the Seraphins? They, they called them the Stars. Um, Seraphites. Seraphites, right. Um, what did you, I mean, it seems to me like it's probably going to be, you know, you, you'll be, they'll be kind of crisscrossing, intersecting Ellie's story as you go. And, you know, you'll have some areas where you're taking down uh, the WLF and, and other areas where you're taking down the scars. I mean, did you, did you kind of like what they're going for? You know, one side's of religious zealots, the other side's like, a, you know, almost like, um, like a militia. Um, like, yeah. Like, I mean, did you, was that something that you guys found interesting? I found the fact that you can kind of create situations where you pit things against each other. I found that. Yeah, to be I thought that was really cool. You know what I mean? Like, and who's to say now that they, they admitted that it's a little bit more open, maybe you could make them have an all out war. Who knows? Or just lead these, lead the, um, what do they call their zombies? I'm sorry. The clickers. Clickers and and the other variants is you know too to help Run, you yeah, out. They have get runners, past the they have clickers, runners. They have those big guys now that that the infected or like the, the yeah, the, like the caustic acid on you and stuff. All right, like imagine having them help you get through a roadblock. That would be another option you have to to move through the next uh, the next obstacle. You know what I mean? Or try to lead the other faction to the faction i don't know it just sounds like um you have a like, lot of room to like play luring there. clickers to um to a group of of the wlfers yeah or either or either or yeah i think that sounds like a like it, it sounds like a, a, a cool mechanic i actually really like that they said that like the seraphites are are super low tech they use bows and arrows a lot of knives that that seems uh that seems like fun that's that because they're powered by their belief jeremy Ah, listen. <laughs> They're true believers. There's nothing scarier than a true believer. Emperor <laughs> protects, my friend. Stanley. <laughs> well, I mean, I. It's funny because when I watched the the ghost state of play, I had more to talk about because I had more questions. I don't. 
think I thought this state of play was very well done. Um, I didn't really have any questions after it ended. I just said, damn, I, I need to get my hands on it. And I know that there are already copies out um, to media um, that are embargoed. I think the embargo lifts like June 12th, but uh, I saw quite a few people tweeting the title screen that they had the game and that they were playing it. So I'm extremely jealous. But wow. um, before those, before yeah. I, get, I have a couple of questions for you guys, before I, I get into those, or at least one one main question, um, was there anything else that like really stood out to you from, from the gameplay, from the narrative, anything? Hmm. The dogs. Oh, the dogs can track you? Yeah, and you have to kill them. No, I don't want to kill dogs. I don't want to kill them either. I hope hope you can work around that somehow. Yeah, that that was a sad part in the video. Listen, listen. Palm sweaty, one in the morning, you're stressed (laughs) out, you've got a quarter health left, you're ready to put the controller down, all you got to do is get past this one guy and this dog is tracking you and wants to rip your face off. Guaranteed, guaranteed, you're killing that dog. Nobody said they weren't going to do it. They just said they <laughs> don't want to like it. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so here's my big question. Here's my big question. Do we think that The Last of Us Part Two will dethrone God of War as the definitive PlayStation 4 exclusive? Yes. I don't even. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> But here's the thing. I think so from a narrative connection standpoint. Like, we played through the first one. We got connected to these characters. But we also played the first God of War and got very connected to Atreus and Kratos. So what about God of War Part 2 when Thor comes in? You know what I mean? Will that be Yeah, well, that'll be... But see, that's going to be PlayStation 5. So we don't have to worry about that. It's much more fun to discuss this now because... The way, if you go to any top 10 list, if you just Google top, you know, top 10 PlayStation 4 exclusives, almost every outlet has the top three the same. It's God of War, then Horizon, and then Spider-Man. So where is The Last of Us? Maybe this is a better question for you guys. Where does The Last of Us end up positioning itself amongst those three? Okay. Oh, go ahead, Jay. Uh, honestly, assuming that it... it- maintains the same quality of story and immersiveness that the first one did the, I, I really don't see that this doesn't end up as number one across the board for a lot of people yeah um my my heart wants to say god of war because i i just absolutely love that game it's seriously one of my favorite games ever <laughs> but just after seeing that i mean that's just that's my my mouth is open i i, I couldn't believe it it just looks stunning like everything about it the way it looked, the way it sounded, the animations were stunning. I, I really think this definitely has a shot of, of dethroning that for this. But we will definitely talk what, when God of War two comes out because that game oh is gonna, God. that game is just going to be un, unreal. But that's another conversation. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I I happen to think that it's going to. I think it's going to beat out God of War especially in the beginning you know in the for the the next year or so when when you know the last of us is in the zeitgeist and you know you've got the hbo show eventually coming and everything like it's going to become a little bit more of a cultural phenomenon 
I would be more curious to see how history remembers it in the next, say, five years. But I think right now, like just stacking them up, I think The Last of Us is going to end up being the definitive title to own for for the PlayStation Four. That's 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 just kind of my take. But I mean, yeah, I had no I had no complaints. I'm ready. I am so ready, and it is it is coming so soon. Uh, June nineteenth. I mean, we're 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 what a couple of weeks away from it, and, and man, I I am so pumped for that game. Uh-huh. So, uh, you guys have any other any other thoughts on uh, Last of Us before we shift to a uh, different topic? I mean, I, I just wanted to say I think um, you know I think the fact that it's coming out so soon is good for a lot of people too because you know all the situation you know the situations going on in the world right now you know I, I think it's definitely you know going to be a good thing for gamers to have a you know distraction distract them you know I mean well even is it that's a great point though guys is it a distraction or is it too on the nose a little too on the nose hmm. they definitely said a few things in the state of the play where I was like hmm. I feel like, I feel like we just dealt with this. Mm. People think about people fighting, fighting against, uh, you know, government takeovers and militias. And I was like, ah, this, all right, that's where we're at now. Yeah, it's, mm. that's what I was thinking. I mean, there it's are some, there us. are some like uh, yeah. some some of the some of the story elements and some of the fluff that you that you can pick up and, and you know uh, along the way of the first game are like. Just spot on. I mean, you can, you'll like read like journals or, or like entries where, you know, oh, they, they finally canceled school and it doesn't sound like we're going back. And like some of that, like, I don't know if they've part of me wonders if this delay was them t- making some tweaks to that just to take some of the edge off, because these games are supposed to be an escape from reality, not, you know, <laughs> looking for the future. Honestly, I don't think they would necessarily go back and tweak it. I think the delay probably had to do more with releasing it at a time where it was less less of a, a, a mystery what was going on in the world. You know, now everything's been pretty much quantified. We understand what's happening and we understand, like, what to do against it. Mm-hmm. And you know, the world, for the well, most also, part, is trying to return back to normal. So I think now is a good time for them to, you know, release it out there and not be uh, too, too much of a sensitive topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah cool cool well i think it's time that we shift and we and we get a little green here and we talk about microsoft and the xbox because so far we really haven't given them too much uh airtime and and justifiably so i think their their message yeah. with the xbox series x has been really really strong i think they've done a phenomenal job marketing but my problem has always been they don't have the software to back up their hardware and it's been yeah. like this now for 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 a long time and um the last generation I mean, for sure yeah for sure i mean the 360 was i think the 360 was the was absolutely the console to own last gen um you know no 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 doubt about <coughs> it um but xbox one left so much to be desired and so far you know with the series x i'm excited for um, the Hellblade sequel, uh, Senua Saga. I am excited for um, what Halo Infinite could be, but we don't really know what it is yet. Beyond that, that's where my my questions lie. But I thought this was pretty interesting. So um, they recently, uh, Microsoft recently announced some some more information. Um, obviously, the backwards compatibility 
uh, angle has been huge for them. They've really been pushing that, and I love that. I wish Sony would would catch up to Microsoft as far as you know, just game preservation. And I mean, I've got all of my 360 and original Xbox discs, and I love the fact that I can throw one of my 360 discs into my Xbox One and just play it. I mean, that is something that uh, original Xbox games into your Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that's yeah. I mean, that 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 I love. But I wanted to just call out this one piece, and they they just announced um a blog, and this was from uh, uh, Jason Ronald, who's a director of program management for Series X, and uh, it was released on Xbox Wire, and you know basically um, a lot of things about backwards compatibility and how all games that are backwards compatible are going to play better on Series X, and the thing that really stood out to me was um, this 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 section here. In partnership with the Xbox Advanced Technology Group, Xbox Series X delivers a new innovative HDR reconstruction technique which enables the platform to automatically add HDR to support games. Wow. As this technique is handled by the platform itself, it allows us to enable HDR with zero impact on the game's performance, and we can also apply it to Xbox 360 and original Xbox titles developed wow. almost 20 years ago, That's well crazy. before the existence of HDR. Gentlemen, gentlemen, discuss. Wow. You're excited to play Alan Wake. <laughs> you can play Alan Wake in HDR, baby. That is <laughs> Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I would while I would love for them to really be focused forward and 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 kind of come out with you know a, a a killer launch lineup or at least give me the roadmap for the first year. This isn't a bad this isn't a bad concession prize here or consolation prize rather. And listen, listen if you can't produce new games, just you know just keep treading back to the old ones. Yeah, I mean. Look, some of these like imagine like you you can play Dark Watch and The Suffering and Condemned in HDR. Like I'm I'm there that, for it. Yeah, I'm that, there for it. That's pretty amazing. I want to see what it looks like for sure. Like I have to see what these you know 720p graphics look like in HDR. Mm-hmm. Well, they're gonna be. I mean, they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna be boosted. They're gonna be up resed, and they're gonna have HDR. So I mean, they're gonna look. They're going to look beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm very fascinated to see how that looks. Yeah, yeah. And again, I've always kind of said that with this next gen, I'm I'm down for both consoles. I want Xbox to succeed. I just, it's so hard for me to get behind them when there's not a flagship title that I really want. Like, I'm, all, I'm, I'm I love Hellblade, but like, that's not enough to get me to just buy it, a system. And I loved Halo, past tense, you know with one, two, and three, but the last few have come and gone just, just the same as gears has for me where it just, nothing feels fresh anymore. So, um, I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. I love Phil Spencer. I love everything about him. I think he's done such a great job fixing the absolute disaster that he inherited, um, from, uh, it was Doug Matrick, Don Matrick. I think it's Don Matrick. It was Don yeah, um, who went on to then run Zynga into the ground. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I just thought that was that was really cool. I, at some point, we're going to get the the Xbox first party, you know, hoopla and conference, and you know, we'll see more of 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 um, of, of Halo Infinite, and um, you know, we'll see 
what else they have, you know, up their sleeves, uh, you know, rumors of, of a potential perfect dark again, um, and some other things. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I just, I just had to throw that out there. I want to represent Xbox and I think that them adding HDR to older games is just so cool. That's genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool feature for sure. Cool, cool. Well, um, I think that's that's really it for some of the big stuff uh, as far as current events goes and, and, and what's going on in the, in the gaming world. Again, we're not touching on every piece of news every week. We're going to touch on the things that we think are the most important and uh, we can have the most interesting discussions on. So um, that's going to be our, our goal moving forward. Um, so now let's get into... What we've been playing, and Dill, since you're the since you're the new guy in town, why don't you let us know what you've been up to lately? Well, I'm playing Horizon at the moment, and uh, I've been playing MLB The Show. Uh, quite a difference of games, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm a big baseball fan, so um, I, I needed to get uh, the show because I haven't played a baseball game in a really long time, um, and I think it's a it's a pretty pretty good game. I mean, for for not you know playing a game a baseball game in a while and being such a big baseball fan it was it was cool to you know see how much you know the game improved and you know how 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 good it got over time and it's a fun game too the mechanics are nice they tweaked it around a little bit um and you know i've I've, you know played it for probably a good couple months and then shifted to horizon um which is just a a absolute gorgeous game i mean it's 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 really good. I mean, everything from from the cinematography to you know just the open world itself and and the uh, the dinosaur machines. It's just, it's it's a really great game. Not too far into it yet. Probably about maybe ten hours into it. So I still got a, a good chunk of it left. But so far, it's it's been a really great game and love the crafting and you know just love the fact that Damon. I think you said this a while ago that it's uh it's it's like Breath of the Wild meets Metroid Prime in a way. I think if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Little yeah, bit. a little bit in terms of yeah, like the scanning and you know, it's 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 great. I mean, it, the the cinematography though is I mean, I'm that's something I'm I'm heavily impressed with. I mean, even from the beginning it felt like a movie you're watching a movie and um, you know, especially when the part when she's, you know, a little girl and and then she's, you know, learning how to jump across the stones, getting hurt while she's doing it and then she did this big long leap jump and I'm like please he has to jump into the adult here that would be incredible and then she jumps and then becomes the adult and i'm just like yes let's Mm -hmm. go it was was really great yeah they did now um are you gonna are you gonna go for the platinum in that one i am i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna definitely go for it nice that was a fun (laughs) game to platinum for sure yeah it's it's definitely it's it's really like you know it's it's nice to especially after playing mlb for a while and you know i started when I got my PlayStation earlier this year, I started with God of War, and that was that was obviously incredible. And then, um, you know, kind of uh, switched around to other things, then played the show for about a couple months. And then, um, you know, it was nice to jump back into a big open world game again and just explore the world and, and craft and build. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many hours do you think you put into the show? That's a good question. Um, hmm. Probably probably sixty to eighty maybe if if I were wow. to have to get, yeah because there there's a lot they have a lot of cool like I mean believe it or not I didn't really play franchise mode too much like I didn't really play too many nine nine inning games not because I get bored of it but they just had so many other cool aspects to the game and mini games that were that were that were exciting like they had something called moments that uh, allows you to 
to basically pick team moment, like big team moments that happened in 2019. So being a big Mets fan, it, it was awesome to play the Mets moments and like relive those moments again. And like, it's basically like you have one shot to uh, basically like, let's say hit a double and, and win the game. Like this happened on September 19th, 2019 or something like that. And, you know, if you strike out or if you pop out, you got to restart and keep restarting until, until you, you, you complete the moment. And uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. That's I think that's really so cool. cool. That is such yeah. a cool idea. Yeah, I, it really it really was. I mean, because, I mean, believe it or not, going into the show, I just thought it was going to be just, you know, you know, I didn't, like, you know, heavily look into it or, you know, you know, check out videos or anything. But, like, I just thought it was going to be a standard baseball game, you know, for, you know, draft your team. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff I clear, clearly missed from the show the past few years. And especially with this game, there's there's a lot of cool mini games and, and modes that keep you uh, keep you entertained. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That I, I'm, and you know, unfortunately, that might be the only baseball you get to experience this year because it's looking oh, it's looking man. ugly with yeah. these players right now. Oh, I know. It's like, it's just yeah. I, I don't I don't as much as I want it to happen. I just I don't I don't know. I just don't see it happening until they say it's happening. You know, I'm just gonna keep playing the show. <laughs> Not, not to di- not to digress too far from games, but I thought they said that the players were gonna play in empty stadiums, or is, has that not? Happen. No, that's hockey. Hockey's announced they're going back and they've got the whole yeah. structure and who's playing who and it's the playoffs and all that. Baseball, they can't even agree on on their salary cuts and everything. Yeah. So they are they've they've definitely galvanized both sides, the owners and the players and it's not it's not looking good right now. Yeah. Wow. Fortunately. Mhm. Yeah. So, all right, Danny, what about you, man? What do you got? Um I've been playing Earthbound. Or I've played Earthbound. That was man. That game made me feel things. Elaborate. Uh, elaborate. Yes, sir. I'll try my best. <laughs> These little. Pink, Where did it touch uh, you? <laughs> it, right in the heart. Right in the heart. It makes you think about growing up. It's the weirdest thing. It makes you think about like the stuff you liked as a kid and you don't really like anymore. You know what I mean? And. Yeah, I mean, we'd still play video games and all that, but just growing up and everything, it's so weird. It just, like, it, it gets into your head. It really does. The final boss is terrifying. It's like it's like the SNES is possessed or something, man. It's crazy. Um, and just the story, the characters, the, the little jokes and things like that. Even the combat. Oh, my God, the combat with the ticking down HP. Where you could like possibly go ahead and like revive your teammates or like heal yourself or something like, but you have to hurry up. If not, you run out of life because this thing keeps on ticking and you just hear once you get a good hit. And if you get a mortal hit, it ticks like it's gonna tick down to zero. So you have to hurry up and plan out what you're gonna do. It's very tense. It's very tense for you know a JRPG from the early '90s, which. I don't think a lot of other JRPGs have grabbed me the way that this does. The setting, contemporary America, you eating cheeseburgers and milkshakes to regain your HP and stuff. And there are a few caveats I had with the game. Um, trying to think of one that I had. It was very easy to get lost and very easy to forget what you were doing. So if you put the game down for a day or two and you try to come back to it, you're kind of like, oh, I'm here and where's Google? That's one thing. Um, 
but the locations, the different cities, the whole, I don't know. Um, I, w- I would suggest anybody that has the opportunity, Damon, to go ahead and play that game as soon as they can. Because I, there's a lot of standout moments from that there's, game. Like, What were you playing it on? The uh, SNES Classic, the, the Mini. And how long did it take you to, to beat I would say about 40, 50 hours. It's a good, it's a good long game. It has you, I mean, back, backtracking is like non-existent for a game of that time. That's like kind of crazy. Um, and um, just the different characters that you meet. Like, uh, what is it? Paula, Jeff, and Pooh. And of course there's Ness. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I always, I started playing with Ness on Smash Bros, and that made me think, like, man, I really gotta try that game. I, I love Smash Bros for that reason. It makes you try out so many di- things you wouldn't normally play. It really uh, does. It broadens your horizon so much. Oh, yeah. It's what made me fall in love with Fire Emblem. See, I never played Fire Emblem, but I might pick up Three Houses. Um, that, was, that game was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I heard nothing but good things, so. I don't know, um... Yeah, guys, I would just play it. It's different. It's different from any other JRPG you've ever played, and it's for all the right reasons. It's smart for its time. Yeah, that's definitely the title that's on my SNES Classic that I'm like, I really got to jump in. But then every time I fire it up, I immediately go to Mega Man X. I just can't (laughs) stop myself. (laughs) You could probably beat that game in like 12 minutes, man. Uh, no, man, that game as as fun as it is, and and once you know which which you know which uh, Mavericks are the you know wh- what they're weak to, it makes it much easier. But like, that's still not a it's not an easy easy game. You know, it's a couple hours I think to probably to probably beat the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely have to get have to get into Earthbound. I, I thank you for calling me out live that 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 means a lot so. <laughs> sorry i just figured you know i had to add some gravity behind it because then you'll play it which i really yeah, want no. you to play it no, you'll enjoy it you'll love I, it i know you, you 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 usually know too what i like and what i won't like so that's that i, I gotta get on that so uh, wait, let me ask a question real quick so mm-hmm. the three of yous when did you guys buy ps4s this is gonna sound so terrible right but um i got mine black friday of 2019 and then i convinced dylan to get one and then i bought a pro and sent my base ps4 or ps4 slim to jeremy because i'm like (laughs) You guys can't sleep on these games like they're too good because we've all you know we all have switches and we all have Xbox Ones but yeah, yeah. um mm. but like you know it, it just kind of happened that way so yeah that's why like every week it's like oh what are you playing oh I'm playing Horizon I'm playing God yeah. of War <laughs> yeah like reliving every see I, I just I find that I find it weird because I even I bought an Xbox uh, an Xbox One I ended up selling it because I just did not I could not get into it none of the games I was like everything that's on this I could just get not trying to like crap on Xbox or anything it has its you know its pros and everything I just it wasn't my cup of tea and I just find it funny how like now everything's come like 360 and um, you guys are now like enjoying those like single player like 
narrative driven games that I've been, you know, trying to chant and trying to convince people of. So I'm really happy you guys are actually experiencing them now. Yeah, uh, it's it's honestly it's I'm I'm glad I jumped in. I mean, better late than never, right? <laughs> I've, I've yeah. always wanted, I always wanted to get one. Like I just I was I've pretty much played my Switch um, a lot. I mean, I didn't really play Xbox One too much a lot in the past few years, but I've been playing Switch a lot. Like I mean, the, the Switch was was something um, that I was just really enjoying, and uh, you know, I was I was playing. It games has already, it already has so many good games on it, oh, man. Like yeah. But that was like all the, the best first- games ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nintendo, yeah. They, they always, they just know how to execute the magic, like, no matter what. Mm. Like, they, their games could look like absolute crap, even though, like, some of them kind of, you know, like, I mean, obviously they're not, they're not up to par with PlayStation or Xbox or anything, but Nintendo just always has phenomenal games that just are so much fun. They and just know how to put the, the polish on it, man. They've got yeah. the magic. They've got the magic. Like, that's it's like the thing. magic. Like, That's why, like, oh, next gen, uh, we we don't we don't care, we don't need to, and they're right, they don't need to because nope. Nintendo, all they need to do is release, uh, you know, say they're announcing Metroid Prime Four again, and then you know, saying, oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna we're dropping the remaster of the first three, like that would get people oh my god excited. That's but, yeah, and I think part of the reason why we started looking at the Sony platform was. Nintendo kind of, you know, they had, they went from 2017 to 2019, like, pedal to the metal. And then eventually they were going to run out of gas a little bit here, which we're in that lull right now. So it's like, all right, well, you know, there's no Breath of the Wild 2. There's no Odyssey 2, um, you know. And so eventually, you know, it's like, all right, well, you got to, you got to fill your, 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 your time looking elsewhere and i think it's funny because all three of us really fell into like the playstation ecosystem pretty hard yeah uh, pretty fast (laughs) which i mean i've owned every playstation system so it's not like oh i'll try this playstation that seems like it might be fun like i've had the playstation the ps2 and ps2 god i burned that thing out on socom i mean i like forget it so (laughs) but it just you know i was so into the 360 and into the xbox ecosystem that it just made sense to go from 360 to the xbox one and then it's like well where are the games for this thing besides you know besides besides third party stuff which you can play on both systems you know so that was that was the whole thing but uh really the game that sold us all on xbox the original xbox one was uh, uh, Titanfall. Titanfall, yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal game. Phenomenal. Amazing. Yep. All right, well, uh, Jay, what about you, man? What you been playing? All right, well, I, uh, after after you're on the horizon last week, and my wife uh, excitedly perked up over the theory of Maneater, I bought it. Uh, I'm going to save my thoughts (laughs) for when you go into that deeper. Oh, I got thoughts. I have so many thoughts. I know, I know. Uh, so I'm going to go to the game that I probably have quadruple-digit playtime on, which is uh, Hearthstone. Uh, I I finally got my 1,000 ranked wins with Mage this week, and I got my pretty new portrait, and I immediately stopped playing Mage decks and switched to something else. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I swear, I think Monday night, I went on a, I got, I had 999 wins and I went on a 10 plus game losing streak. Oh, it was maddening. 
I wow. I I just plummeted down to the lowest the bracket uh, and was and just sat there and was like it got to the point where I was just conceding just constantly because I'm like I can't even I can't even get traction going I can't get a, I can't get board control nothing it was miserable and uh, somewhere somewhere around like two a.m. some dude disconnected and yeah got me my win and I'm like I don't even care. I didn't hear that this wasn't even a legitimate victory. This guy probably probably switched from Wi-Fi to to regular regular phone. <laughs> so, dude, I have so this happy. image in my head. I have this image in my head, ready, of you in bed with an iPad and like old school pajamas with like the sleeping cap where like the little ball hangs over on the side and you're sitting there playing and your feet are out of the covers on the bottom of the bed and the guy disconnects and you just squeal and like move your feet back and forth all giddy like that's what i see in my head when you say that yeah pretty much that about sums it up nice well congrats that's a nice feet thank you you get a so you got a you you got a portrait Yes, so you're, uh, th- there are 10 different playable classes in Hearthstone, uh, at, and each one has purchasable cosmetic upgrades to change what your portrait looks like and what character you are, even though it doesn't change anything else, like functionality-wise, it's just a cosmetic change. Uh, 500 wins makes your portrait animated. A thousand wins changes your portrait completely, so that it's 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 a the same character that's that's the base character, but it's like souped up in its next evolutionary form, essentially. Mm. Wow, nice. So it's yeah. basically like you know, it's 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 like it's a chest puff kind of thing. Yep, you know? pretty much, nice. pretty much. I I and I I was just really I've been on a, a big mage kick since uh, September ish. And then they announced the new the new portraits, and I said I'm going for that. All right, well, there you go. Yep. So just, that took you six months. Uh, no, I, I, it took me six months since I was like playing mage heavily, but I was I I'd been switching around uh, a few different classes because I had a bunch that were on the verge of 500 wins. So I was trying to get get everybody that I had close to 500 at the 500 mark, and then uh, probably the last three weeks. I really had been just pouring into uh, mage decks, and most of them. The, the the big thing with mage lately has been they're they're pushing completely like RNG based uh, uh, games. So it's so it, it it's a lot of hey, you play a card and it's a random thing happens. It could be a random spell gets cast at a random target. So you're running a deck that is literally. You you can't plan for it. You can't you can't make the assumption that hey here's here's my here's my plays. My plays can happen and it can completely screw over my side of the board before it even screws over the opponent. Okay, nice, very yeah. nice. Well, I mean, so what's the next goal for you? Uh, I I started playing priest because I have uh, I have five hundred and change wins on them. Uh, I would love to play Paladin, but Paladin is just not viable right now. Um, their their deck archetypes are just all over the place, and they don't have a really they don't have a really consistent play style. Um, I and and uh, with the last expansion, Blizzard went back and kind of did a, did a pretty good overhaul on the priest class, and I've been enjoying them so much uh, this, the the last week that I've been playing. So. I'm enjoying that, and I, I'm hoping that the next expansion they do the same thing for Paladin. 
where they just they just go back to what what its base set is, figure out what the identity of this class needs to be, and then starts putting out new cards to really to to, to really expand on it. Nice. How long has that game's been going on for? How long now? I, I want to say 2014 or 15 was the beta. Wow. Let's see, Hearthstone beta. Yeah, pull that up now. Oh my god, 2013. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that's when it started. I I didn't start playing until it was it was actually launched fully. So that was I, I want to say 2014, like March 2014, somewhere around there. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And, yeah. You, and, I, what you got? You next next episode. You have to tell us how many hours you have logged in that game. I don't even know if you can look that up, and that's probably maybe it's better. Maybe it's better that you that's, don't. That's know. for the best. Yeah. You got to you got to think. I'm uh, when 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 you know COVID's not happening. I'm at the gym doing cardio for an hour. So every day you have one hour logged on Hearthstone every single day I go to the gym. And that's not including what I do on the side to play the game. On the side, so. when he's on the toilet, he means. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you can do both. There you go. You could, do, you could be on the toilet doing cardio and playing Hearthstone. Don't ask me how, but you'll figure it out. For some people, going to the bathroom is cardio. Well, exactly. And I'm sure there's a cream, <laughs> I'm sure there's a cream for that or something. <laughs> All right, can I, can I, can I go? Can I go? Go, 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 go. go. Before I get into Man Eater, I will say this: I played three more episodes of Life is Strange. I talked about it last week. It was on sale for like three dollars. I said, "Why the hell not?" Um, So I'm gonna save my thoughts on Life is Strange for when I finish it. So I'll talk about that next episode. Um, Man Eater. I will avoid any kind of spoilers. I platinumed it over the weekend, so I picked it up whatever day it was. I think I played it. The total playtime was, I think, 13 hours for the platinum. Um, There are games that are made for me, and I appreciate (laughs) them, and I know that they're not made for everyone. However, Maneater is a game that absolutely is made for me and it deserves all the sevens and eights or whatever scores it's going to get. It's not, it's not, it's not going to change the world, but let me explain it. And Jeremy, feel free to jump in as, as we go. So the premise of the game is that you're following this shark and it's in the future. So the ocean levels have risen. And so there are things like ruins and, and things that you can find and landmarks along the way, which I thought was really smart to make it like in the, you know, in 20, xx let's say you know you just don't know exactly when it is and it follows the shark as a discovery channel show in a way so every time there's a story event they put the little man eater icon at the bottom and it'll say like sundays at 10 9 central and it's got the fake channel name on it and it reminded me a lot of like whale wars yes yeah that that level of discovery show Mm -hmm. yes for sure. And it follows this shark hunter who's who's a psycho and he's basically like Louisiana Quint from Jaws in a way. Um, and what is so cool about this game, number one, is the narrator is Chris Parnell from Archer and from Rick and Morty. And he just he is the game. You know the narrator from Crackdown when you played that and like he just got it like it's the same thing. That keeps the story going. It keeps the it just 
it's like the it's like the pulse of man eater it's really funny every time you find a landmark it's m- tons of pop culture references from rick and morty oceans 11 uh pacific rim there's so many references to these movies that are littered throughout throughout the game world it's a true rpg you start as a level one pup shark and you have to level up to a level 30 mega and as you start, you, you start in the swamps of Louisiana, basically. And by the time you're done, you're in the Gulf of Mexico. So as you go through, you're going through, you know, uh, golf communities that are on the water. You're going through um, essentially like Universal Studios and, and like shopping on the water. You're going through areas that are like an abandoned sea world. Every area has missions that you have to accomplish eat x amount of turtles or you know uh kill x amount of humans on the beach or whatever it is and then as you finish those objectives the apex predator will move into that game world and there's about seven of them and you have to kill the apex predator and and it could be anything from like a souped up alligator to other things later on that i don't want to spoil but really cool system as you kill humans Think of the as you kill humans. Think of it as as like GTA three um, style and, and like Grand Theft Auto, I guess in general now, where you know you get like your the wanted system. It's an infamy system, and you start at level one. And when you kill enough humans, and they bring out these hunters on these boats, and you have to kill the hunters and and sink the boats. And as you kill enough of them, you'll fill up your infamy meter so you'll move from level one to say level two and before you can unlock level two you have to kill the hunter that is the boss of that infamy level so there's 10 levels total so there's 10 hunters that you have to kill and each time you kill one of those boss hunters you unlock a new ability for your shark so you're constantly this game is so much more deeper than ha 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 than it has any right to be yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy. crazy. Yep, it's totally nuts. It's like watching a cartoon, but it's like it's like those old like double A games from like Xbox and 360, where the, it just doesn't care about being serious. It wants to be fun, like Saints Row the Third or something like that. Like it doesn't it doesn't care. And so between the infamy system, between the story that's going on, between the apex predators and then finding all the little landmarks and everything as your shark is getting faster and stronger and you can evolve them with different armor sets basically that are evolutions. It's just so cool. And um, I'll just, I'll I'll leave it on this note and then Jeremy, anything you want to fill in, feel free. When I first got to, um, the deep water because you start again you start in the swamps as a little baby shark and then you get you know into like deep water as you as you keep growing the first time I got into deep water I was scared out of my mind because things can kill you and they can come from below you above you sideways all that stuff but to hear a pod of orcas and not see them was one of the scariest things because I'm like they're hunting me I know they're out here somewhere and they're going to kill me. And like, that was so like, I had like goosebumps. I'm like, oh, like, this is crazy. But man, I cannot recommend this game enough. Um, PSA, it is super, super, super glitchy. So if you're playing it, make sure you cloud save. If you're on PlayStation every hour or so, I would stop it and do a cloud Ooh. save. And I wouldn't allow for manual 
um, or auto cloud saves. I did them all manually because there are some glitches that will literally erase your entire save file. So you got to be really oh, careful. Man. I didn't run into them, but just put that out there. They are they are aware of it. Tripwire Interactive, who, who's the developer, Deep Silver is the publisher. They're aware of it. They're working on it. But man, this is a Damon game through and through. And I cannot remember the last time I had as much like dumb fun with a video game. Um, yeah, man, well, you're playing that. I'm like, this game is right up your alley, Damon. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, Jeremy, how far are you in it? Um, I'm still in the Bayou, so I'm still like right there at the beginning. Uh, I'm still technically a pup. I was I was out there hunting the um, the the first really aggressive fish that you get a hold of. Um, the 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 biggest thing was that I was playing it with my wife. So she was she was literally just having a blast going and eating sea lions and fat tourists. So that is really what consumed the majority of like the four hours that that we were playing that game. <laughs> like, yeah. Not even not even kidding. You, there there is so much fun just just knifing the water, grabbing something, thrashing it around, and tail whipping it into oblivion. Um, that it was like it really just it that sucked. Like I said, it just sucked up a lot of our time before we even got to, to, to go and play, you know, the missions and, and what you had to do. And then by that point, you know, I was, I was getting through the, the bayou and, and the, the little cove that you go to where you, where you get to like do the evolutions. Yeah. The was, grottos. Yeah. Like so cool. Just such a cool, I, I had so much fun just exploring. And really that's, I, honestly, I was just having so much fun just, just going to around to the different areas exploring what's out there finding like you said the landmarks like you find you find the um the plug at the bottom of of the bayou that you know it, it, it was it's like it the game is much better than it ever deserved to be it really is uh i mean it's got a day night cycle which blew my mind i don't know why it blew my mind but it did i'm like wait like it's getting darker now and then like and it's kind of freaky at night like you just and yeah. yeah you can get like it, yeah, I mean, you can – so it's ridiculous too because you can jump on the land and like you can jump like like 100 feet in the air It's like as you get like bigger and, and, and stronger and stuff. So it gets like really ridiculous. But um, the day-night cycle is really cool. The visuals – like the art style, I love the art. I just think the art yeah, style is so cool. It, it reminded me a little bit of Borderlands in, and not in a bad way at all. I, I Like it, it wasn't as cel-shaded and heavy as Borderlands, but the way that their bodies were – the, like super animated. I was I was just I was really digging it, especially yeah. when especially any any time they 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 have like scaly Pete in his in his real world moments. It was just I was just so entertained by by the way that his body threw off shadows and the he was just so into he was so into killing and murdering sharks. Oh, it's yeah. The beginning is just when like you like when you become like a level one shark. Like it's there, you literally get a, a trophy or an achievement for surviving. Yeah, birth. surviving. Like, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um. So yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of like the original Crackdown, like this is like Crackdown meets Echo the Dolphin meets Grand Theft Auto. Like that's the best way I can describe it. And it never outstays its welcome. Like when you're done with it, it's like the right time. And, and none of the collectibles are hard. Like, you'll never need to look at a guide. You can just play it and complete it and just just kick back and, and have a great time. So I am so glad that it came out. I, I hope it does super well. I think they're even talking about some DLC. So we'll see what happens with that. 
Oh man, I was one of the things that I and I have like I said I've not really finished the game, but if they can get more into mythical creatures, that would be really exciting. Mm. Get, get some krakens, little Nessie in there. Yeah, I mean there's so and there's so much room for what they can do in in a sequel also, which I think would be awesome. And there's not enough games like that. Like there's not enough games where you're an animal and just doing mm. animal stuff. Um, so. What? <laughs> that's what really sold sold my wife on it because she loves goat simulator uh way more than any human should mm-hmm. and this it, it's that except you are a um man-eating shark yep yep so i'm glad yeah i'm glad that that ended up being on our radar and um it's definitely for, for one of my favorite games of the year but i understand it's not like you know, it's not anything special. It's just no. it's a it's a special game for me, and I I it, love that about it. It so. was on sale for Memorial Day weekend. It was thirty three percent off in a few uh, a few different uh, retailers. So I don't know if those sales are the entire week or just Memorial Day, but you know, you you might be able to to catch it for like thirty bucks. Nice, yeah, well worth it. Well worth it. All right, so as we as we move along here, that's pretty much uh, covers the playlist for this week. Um, we want to get into a topic now. Since we have Dylan on the show, we thought this would be a good time to to get into it. And also because we covered The Last of Us, um, we want to talk a little bit about development time in games. And um, you know, Naughty Dog specifically has been under fire lately for you know crunch culture and you know how how much. They overwork their 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 animators and and their developers and you know uh, there was a, a former Naughty Dog employee that had come out and said like look they don't put their money into skill they put their money into just time and resources it's more like you know it's like a war of attrition as far as development goes so. Um, we just wanted to talk about, you know, how we feel with some developers coming out now and saying that they're willing to extend development time to make a good game and not push out, you know, not try to hit these release dates. Um, Danny, I think you had mentioned, uh, you know, uh, off air to us that, you know, Sonic was something that they, they were talking about doing as well. Yeah. Uh, the PR representative, I don't have the guy's name on hand, but um sega's going back to uh formula where they're actually going to take time between these releases for sonic games um and i think it'll be all the better for it i want i love sonic i really do i've i my first big sonic game was sonic adventure 2 battle for the gamecube that was i sunk hundreds of hours into that game right there with Uh, you man you know between that and the child garden like i want i want that back i want the innovation back You know what I mean? Like, Sonic Adventure was great, and then Sonic Adventure 2 was like, all right, well, let's get rid of all these hub worlds that don't really need to be here. Let's trim the fat, and granted, yes, you have to play three different games in one rather than just play the Sonic game, but whatever. Uh, But then they brought in the Chow Garden, and the Chow Garden was so deep, and it it was crazy between all the stuff. Like, me and my cousin would spend a whole weekend just training Chows and putting them into karate matches. Like, it, it was... It was phenomenal. So for Sega to, I mean, I guess, what is that now? 19 years? 18 years later? Try to, like, take their time with a game? At least when it comes to Sonic? I I really hope it works out for them. Especially with all the fan-made stuff. The fan-made stuff that people in their free time have come out with just crazy, like, um, Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania was a fan project. 
And that was the best Sonic game of the last 10 years. Yep, easily. Easily. So, so, so Danny, I mean, it sounds to me like, you know, you're, you're all for, you know, extending development times to get the innovation back and the quality back. And, uh, you know, I, I think probably all of us would want that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we sit here and we just gushed for what, 20 minutes about how amazing the last of us looks, um, at the, you know, uh, uh, when you know they're throwing they're throwing developer time um just you know at the wall and, and, and seeing what sticks you know so um dylan i really am curious to get your take on you know development time and i know you're you know you're right in the thick of it right now with 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 what you guys are working on um you know just i'm curious to see what you think about development time and if you think it's going to get longer with the next gen shorter if it should be longer you know just your overall thoughts on it you know what that's a tough question um because i know in uh in unreal engine 5 they um they, they implemented a whole new engine with the lighting system um that says developers don't have to worry about poly count anymore and i thought that was really interesting um i didn't do too much re too much research into it but I, I watched that video when they released the the unreal 5 uh when they did that little video mm -hmm. and um if that's the case, and I mean that that's that's cutting performance a lot right there, is because you, you spend so much time creating art assets and you want them to run in your game, you know, perfectly, and you don't want it to hinder performance. So a lot of times, you know, you, you spend time getting the right, making sure the poly counts right. With the new engine, you don't have to worry about that. So you could just probably just keep pumping out stuff as high poly as you can. You don't have to down, you know, you don't have to derez anything or, or or whatnot. But I personally believe that time is definitely your best friend. Um, because in, it, it probably goes for any type of art specifically, but when you're creating art, you're never going to be satisfied fully or contently. You know, there's always going to be something that you see later on. It's like, oh, we could have spent, you know, we could have done that and we could have done this. You're always going to find stuff. So I feel the longer it takes to develop something, the better it'll be, the quality of the game. Um, but it, it also like, I mean, I understand like, you know, the, the business side of things and, you know, you got publishers that want you to release things on time and you know and it's a lot of it's just you know it's time and, and money but i personally think that the longer you spend on your product the the better it'll be and not just for you for everyone too because you, you know you want your guys to be fresh your, your your guys and girls to be fresh on your team and you know you want everyone to you know you don't want anyone being burnt out because when you're burnt out you, you don't have a fresh brain and you know things could More be resentful yeah, and, and things can get dangerous there for, for your health, too. I mean, if you're working, you know, 20-hour days, you know, it's it's every day and, you know, you don't have weekends off, that, that's really hard. And, and you know, it's I feel I feel sorry for, for a lot of the people who have to go through intense crunch periods because it's it's grueling. It, it, it I mean, it, it I can only imagine how grueling it really would be to spend months and months and maybe even a year just, just grinding. So, I mean... I personally, like, as much as it sucks to wait for something, I personally understand that the longer you take to perfect it, the better it'll be for everyone. And plus, the longer, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, so the longer you're having people wait, you're not just throwing stuff down their throat, the more they're going to want to be like, hey, you know, like, this is what I this is what I want. And, and you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I would personally rather wait uh, than have them rush and give us something that's just not good, you know? Like, I would much rather wait, have them work out the kinks, you know, and just, and you know, just be innovative and 
and that that's how I feel about it. So, perfect example would be uh, Metroid Prime Four. Nintendo mm-hmm. could have very well have followed on the track of yeah, we need to get this game out by this time. But they mm-hmm. took a look at what was going on and decided, you know what, we actually need to start from the beginning. Yes, that very to good me, point. yeah, was and, insane. Yeah, and and that and you know what, as much as like. I mean, all you got to do is you just got to go and, and research, like, uh, when they first announced it. Uh, it's I think it's this, this, like, Nintendo party in New York uh, for, like, the E3 party or something. And the crowd just erupted crazy when they heard Metroid Prime 4. And, it, it, you know, that's how you felt because it was like, oh, my God, it's been so long. And finally getting I know, it. a proper but, Metroid game. Yeah, but the fact that Nintendo saw... That hey, we released this. Like once once you and once you're announcing it, you you have your foot on the pedal. You're going. So the fact that they saw that what was going on wasn't gonna go be up to the Nintendo standards, um, it's I, I really admire that because you know they see that hey, this is not Metroid. Let's just let's just cut this now before we get really deep and give the people what they they deserve. You know, and and that that I really admire. I don't mind waiting as long as it takes to get. An amazing Metroid Prime 4 game. Well, you're, you're talking about Nintendo, and Shigeru Miyamoto had the quote, a delayed game is eventually good, a bad game is bad forever. That's one of those quotes where it's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's incredibly true. And to, to that end, one of the things that I think hurts games the most is that yearly release cycle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you see it. You see it. Creed. Yep. You that took is, the words out of my mouth, Danny. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And even even games like you know even the sports games like NHL like I mean I mean Damon we used to you know back in like what 2013 14 we were always playing NHL you know versing each other and but then it's every year just it it got to you know it's and you can't obviously help that because you know they need to release a game every year but at the same time that's a perfect example of it is that it's the same recycled stuff every year and, and you know see I would rather them take time and innovate like a year to year release is just a roster update for sixty dollars and I don't yeah. think that's exactly literally. Literally, that is the, not cool in I, my eyes by far. Yeah, so sure. I think one of the things that ended up hurting um, the Pokemon games, the core Pokemon games, is that they moved to that almost, almost yearly release cycle. You know, yeah. they had two teams that were alternating for a while there, and um, I think I think one of the most exciting things that I saw is that they're they're moving away from that now, and they're actually utilizing DLC. So instead of them releasing another Pokemon game this year, they're doing DLC. And yeah. I wish that's something that more games would adopt, where yeah. don't shove out don't shove out another, you know, like, like sports games is the perfect example. And yeah. you know, EA EA has has shown that they basically just put a new, new new coat of paint over the same game, you know, when 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 you when you're playing like Madden uh, 2020 and some of the signs still say Madden 2019, you know. <laughs> like it's <laughs> It, yeah. it shows that like this, this, this is, doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, and that's you know that's the business side, unfortunately, for that too, because you know every every year you know people are going to want a new sports game and they're they're going to pay for it even though it's yeah. just literally a roster update, you know. Yep, for sure. And and I've got you know I've got a couple thoughts on this. I think I'm all for longer development because I don't like when there's like a million releases happening at once. Like it like stresses me out. I'm like, I want to just like live in this one world here, play this game, take my time, digest it, talk about it, you know, and then move on to the next game. And I feel like when like two, three, four, five major games come out at once, like it's always like crazy. So I'm okay with longer development cycles and more spaced out release calendars. 
I think, you know, when you talk about development cycles being delayed or, or, or longer, I think it, it falls into one of two categories. The category that we've been talking about so far has to do with um, the studio's respecting the art that they're creating like nintendo with metroid saying we cannot release a bad game that is that is not going to work for us so we're going to scrap the whole thing and start over again because they respect the art we don't know necessarily what's going on behind the scenes with their employees and all that but never really heard too much about crunch with nintendo you know with it you know outside oh, of they, they, they came out um, they came out recently i don't know who if it was ag anuma or even shigeru miyamoto but that they said the developers can take as long as they want right now with everything mm-hmm. going on. They can take yeah. as long as they want, and I don't care. You can't miss something you never had to begin with. Yeah. Yep. Well, and yeah. that brings me to the second second factor, which will extend development times, and that's caring for your employees. And I want to highlight Gravity Well Games. Uh, that's a studio that was spun off of two respawn guys. We talked about Titanfall earlier, um, Drew McCoy and John Shearing. And I want to just read something from their website. It says, we are starting a studio because of how we want to make games. We want time to iterate on everything and get ideas and feedback from the whole team. We're building this studio to last for decades. That doesn't happen without putting the team first. We take team health as an absolute top priority. That means we are anti-crunch. That means good compensation. That means everyone at Gravity Well has creative freedom because when somebody else makes all of the decisions, work isn't fun and the end product isn't as good. We prefer to cut and focus down so we only ship what we love. And I think that is so refreshing and so good to yeah. see, especially in the face of, I mean, you see so many times um, – you know, uh, for example, we talked about Borderlands, Borderlands three. You hear about what Randy Pitchford and, and Gearbox and rumors how those developers didn't get compensated because the development time took too long and their costs were you know higher than they should have been and everybody oh, yeah. lost they bonuses. I mean, employees. yeah, I mean this 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 industry can only last for so long like this before it collapses on itself. So it's nice to see a studio like Gravity Well saying no, health is the top priority. And we also want to respect everyone's creativity and come up with something. And, and I know this is PR speak also. And will it really be like that? We're not sure. But it's nice to see somebody coming out and saying, no, that is what is important to us. And I hope more studios start to do that. Because, look, the one thing we are not lacking is the is quantity of games. Like, we are getting – there's new games coming out every day. Like, we're fine there. Take the time to make the games yeah. that are going to make a lasting impression. So that's kind of my – those are my thoughts and, and why I think development – you know, development cycles being – taking longer is a good thing for both employee health, you know, and, and for the industry as a whole and also for the medium and and getting quality games that aren't glitchy and buggy and, you know, you know half-assed products. You got to appreciate the art, man. That's it, – the, it is what it is. And even the, even the whole day one patch thing to me bothers me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it could have been the best game ever made after the patch. Oh my god, Are you kidding me? Like, what about? I mean, granted, it's few and far between. People don't have internet, but you know, out there, there's some kid that you know his parents can can't afford that thing, kind of stuff monthly. But I, that's a different subject, anyways. But yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. So, uh, any anything else you guys want to add about development times? Crunch? I was I was really gonna point out that. Uh, 
crunch, I feel like, has, has been very much so in the zeitgeist over the last couple of years. Um, I feel like it's been really, really uh, keeping developers' feet to the fire and treating their employees right. Uh, because oh, yeah, for sure. The way, the way that, that people respond to companies that have really horrible um, crunch cultures ha- has, has been, for the most part, good. You know, the, I, I think co- companies are, are learning that, hey, just because it, it has existed this way doesn't mean this is how it has to exist, you know? Right. That's Rockstar. Rockstar has been, you know, they've, they've had some changes at the at, at the corporate level, too. And, and, you know, they're starting to talk about, you know, not necessarily um, burning their employees out uh, with, with their games as well. So I think you're going to see that uh, yeah. see that there, too. You know, and, and a lot of this crunch, this anti-crunch stuff. Um, really, you, you again, Jason Schreier, formerly of Kotaku, now with Bloomberg. Um, you know, he's been leading the charge on that for a very, very long time. And how you know, game you know, game developers don't have a union, and you know, you can be booted out for not you know, or or or, or made to feel uh, like you're doing less, even though you're staying till seven o'clock every night because somebody else is in their cubicle till eight thirty, nine o'clock. You know, sleeping at, at the studio. So. You know, it's 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 tough, and and you know, I I respect the industry enough to, and and obviously, you know, it's close to home with my brother being a developer, where you know, I I want the industry to succeed, and I also want the employees who make these great games that we love to be respected, because uh, without them, what are we doing here? Well said. Exactly. Yeah. What, exactly. And, and- when you, when you look at it compared to other uh, other forms of entertainment and other media, you know a movie can re- can reach its release date with, with with little to no issue, but there are game breaking coding issues that could come up, and if a publisher doesn't care and says no, we want this out, or a developer doesn't care and says no, we want this out, what are the, like where where does that leave you? Like do you say no, or do you pump out a game that you know has a fundamentally broken broken aspect to it right, and right that's how that's how you run into those those situations where if this is gonna this is gonna cost us so much money if we delay this game because bonuses are all are all focused on the, that release day you know and, oh, and dude, can you imagine like how good um what was that by was it bioware what was that multiplayer game from ea that would it might have been BioWare. anthem anthem yes anthem yes, bioware yeah I, bioware I remember watching the the trailer for that. I was like, "Oh man, that's gonna be great!" And but it was EA, so I was like, eh, "Like, imagine having a company that has a reputation like that. Like, yeah, yep. that you put something that looks good out, but it's you. You know what I mean? Like, you've you've burned me so many times in the past. Like with Star, like with Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront and all those games like that that are just subpar. But you just push them out to make money, and you have a license on it, so you made money." I can't stand that kind of stuff, especially with Anthem, because Anthem looked incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And they ruined it. And they never even cared to fix it. People spent 60 bucks on garbage. And that I, I can't stand by that. And it's funny because it's it's like weird to kind of try to see where they where they pick and choose what they're fixing. And it probably a lot of it has to do with the license. But like they fixed what they messed up with Battlefront, which was Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 was a great game. It just was mired by microtransactions, and they basically stripped all that out. And then it became a great game. But it's those right. it's those kinds of things that, like, Dead Space. EA made Dead Space 1 and 2, man. And those were phenomenal games. I mean, they published them. I know it was uh, Visceral. 
but still, they were not afraid of giving those people time. And we're talking a little bit over 10 years ago, giving those people time to do what they need to do. And, you know, it it, it showed up. Those those were great games. Those were phenomenal games. And they just I kind mean, of Dead lost their way. Space still looks gorgeous. Like, yes. Yeah, you can put that in. And that game looks incredible. Yeah, when we played it um, a couple months back, I was like, man, this this is still pretty. Like, I mean, yeah. disgusting, yep. pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sure, for sure. All right. Well, we're 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 running long here, so let's hit uh, let's hit on the horizon, uh, and then and then we'll jet. But uh, we don't have a specific game that we want to talk about this week for on the horizon. Instead, we want to cover heavy, heavy, heavy rumors that yet again Sony will probably give us something to talk about as uh, it's being reported that the PS5 press conference and and I guess official announcement. Um, is going to take place next week. Um, we've heard June fourth as a date for a long time, and um, I, I, you know, I, I think that we're getting to the point where, yeah, it's it's going to happen. And you know, we mentioned Jason Schreier earlier. Um, he broke this and basically said Sony's planning PS Five conference for as early as next week. So it may not be next week, but it sounds like it's probably going to be. So for our on the horizon. I thought it'd be good to see, like, what do you guys expect from this conference? A console reveal, please, please. <laughs> Actually, no, I just want to see it. I know, I agree. I just um, want to see what it looks like, man. Come I'm, on. I'm expecting them to announce at least one or maybe two killer games that are going to be there at launch, and I'm expecting it honestly to be God, Horizon. I think no, I think it's going to be Horizon. I really do. Uh, Hey, either way, <laughs> they've been quiet. They've been, they have been quiet. Uh, Gorilla has been very, very quiet. Yeah, um, it's gonna be her. I think it'll be her. What if it's too. Silent Hill? I think, yeah, I think Silent. I think, I think you've got a good chance to see the Demon Souls remake from Blue Point. Um, that's been rumored forever. I think you've got a good chance to see the Silent Hill remake that's been rumored. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Horizon is going to be Horizon Two is going to be the big one. Even if it's not ready right at launch, I think it's going to be in that first six months or so. Yeah, and I, I think that. that's going to be the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that's it, what's crazy. Like, if it I, is at launch, I'm probably going to have to get a PS5 at launch. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, without a I doubt. Think I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, yeah, it's for me. It's no question. Oh, no they question. also rumored uh, Jack and Daxter trilogy remaster as well on the five on the five interesting yeah remaster, I can see that. like compl- I, i'm hoping i'm assuming a complete overhaul be pretty wait so does, pretty- this, does this mean we're also going to get the tony hawk games on uh next gen the, the i new- would say so oh, well man. one and well one and two are out or, yeah i mean one and two are going to be out in september so you probably oh, okay. you. I mean, if one and two do really well, then you'll probably get like Thug on uh, on next gen. I, uh, I could see waiting so many years to have a remake of those games. Bro. Well, you're, yeah, I mean, you're four months away, dude, because it's coming out three months away. It's coming out in September. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why I didn't know. That, that's that's great to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. They're definitely they're definitely coming. So. Yeah, so that's what I think. You're not gonna see like you'll see a, a couple of of third parties. I, I don't think you're going to see more than one. Resident Evil 8. 
Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah, you might see that too, especially with some of the rumors I saw that uh, it might be coming in 2021. Um, they're not going to have the Resident Evil 4 remake is not going to be ready yet to really show. So yeah, it might be eight. They don't have to remake that game. They're going to though. Oh man, it's gonna. I it's gonna look it beautiful. We can. That's, it is. That's a conversation for another day. That's a conversation yeah. for another day. All Resident right. Evil so, 4 is the one so, that was on GameCube, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So let's 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 go around. Give me your give me your one lock, one lock for sure that is definitely going to be shown, and it can't be what somebody else has said. Are we gonna put money on it? No, we're just Ooh. gonna no no. Oh. We're not. I kind of want Jeremy. I want you get to sound like a bookie. I guess that's <laughs> where that was coming from. <laughs> Jeremy, you go first. What is the one game that they're definitely gonna have? I I think it's definitely gonna be Horizon. Okay. Hands uh, down, I already I already said it. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, that there is there is no doubt in my mind that Horizon is going to be there. Probably launch window more than than at launch, but super yeah. stoked for it. All right, Dill, what about you? Uh definitely God of War for sure. Oh boy, wow, he's really good. I I think there's no way in hell God of War is ready yet, but uh, I. Um, I I, Probably I not, like, but I'm, I'm. It's wishful thinking. <laughs> I think they would. They would probably save God of War for for holiday the following year. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, maybe a teaser, but I, I don't think so. I think you're gonna. I think they're gonna let. Like I said, I think they're gonna let one game kind of really hog the glory uh, for for this reveal and then pace it out. You know, pace out their their reveal. So, all right, so Danny, you, you what do you, what do you have? Glover too. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm Glover. Is this gonna be a thing? Are you gonna mention Glover every episode? One episode. <laughs> one every episode. No. Um, Jack and Daxter, baby. Nice. Mm. Yeah, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Silent Hill remake. I think you're gonna. Ah, get, okay. Yeah, I definitely think you're gonna get. They just they it. just did that. Uh, I guess it, is it a DLC? Is it Dead by, yeah, for, Dead by Daylight? For, yeah, so I mean that could be them trying to hype things up a little bit. I would think. I mean, Konami hasn't done anything for a video game console in I don't know how long. So, dude, all I care about, like, I don't, I, they can show literally the fog and have the foghorn playing for ten seconds and then put Silent Hill remake on the title screen, and that's good for me. Like, that you, jump, for me. you just <laughs> jump into the oh. washing machine. Oh, <laughs> dude. I'm ready for it. I uh, don't understand what your reference is, though. No, it's not a reference. I could just imagine losing you losing your mind and just jumping into the water. Oh, huh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, put me on the spin cycle. No, I mean, I'm not like a huge, huge Silent Hill fan. Um, I love two, but just the thought of, you know, modern gameplay, modern visuals with that just location is, oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. So. Hopefully, hopefully that opens the door to my most desired remake of all time. Yes, which yep, Metal Gear. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would cry. <laughs> all right. Well, on on Danny's tears welling up in his eyes, I think that I think that'll uh, that'll mark the end of episode two. Unless you unless you guys have anything, uh, any final closing thoughts here. All right. Well, all right. That's, 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 <laughs> 
Not everybody makes it nice and easy. Makes it nice and easy. Well, um, if you're if you've stuck with us this long, thank you so much. You you heard rambling for about ninety minutes. Um, please be sure to check us out on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group up, um, X Button Radio. Just just search for that, and um, you know we're always posting things on there, and uh, we're getting a, a pretty good group of followers on there so far. We'll be posting the new episodes on there. Um, since we last left off, we've been we've gotten our feeds all figured out now, so you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Anchor FM. You can find us on iTunes, on Breaker, on Google Podcasts. So we're all over the place. Um, please, uh, if you can, drop us a review. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can review us on Facebook. You can review us on on, on any other podcast sites. And uh, we, uh, we really appreciate you uh, letting us take you through our gaming thoughts for, for the last hour and a half. So uh, for, for Jeremy, for Danny, for Dylan, I'm Damon. Um, here to uh, here to ask, would you kindly tune in next week? Take care. See you guys. See you later.